a plan for your life? Do you know where you want to go? Are you looking to be happier, healthier, and wealthier while having more fun every day? Meet our empowerment architect and goddess gardener, Cynthia Bryan, as she engages in energetic exchanges with success experts, bringing you research, innovations, strategies, and techniques to strengthen your life, business, and personal spaces. Be inspired, motivated, encouraged, and empowered. Lend us your ears right here on Star Style. Be the star you are. The party starts now. Well, hello, party partners. How are you today? Can you believe that we are at the end of the month? I don't know where this year is going. It is just speeding by, and um, we're still in this silly, I shouldn't say silly, this devastating um, pandemic. Well, welcome uh, to Star Style. Be the star you are. This is our power party, an informational playground, and it is brought to you by Be The Star You Are Charity, and it's under the auspices of Be The Star You Are Charity. We're coming to you live on the Voice America Network. This is the Empowerment Channel, and I'm always so glad that you're joining me on Wednesdays from 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific. The miracle moment for today is brought to you by Be The Star You Are. Visit BeTheStarYouAre.org. Ralph Waldo Emerson said, to be yourself in a world that is constantly trying to make you something else is the greatest accomplishment. I think that sums up what be the star you are means. It's like be the star you are. Don't try to be anybody else. Well, today's show, what we're going to be doing for you is we're going to talk about some summer vacation plans and travel within the United States. I mean, there's only a couple of countries that are open so far. I mean, I think things might be opening, but but who knows? They're all, with all these um, COVID variants happening, and now this you know horrible, horrible surge in India. But I'm going to talk to you about our beautiful national parks. So you'll have to plan now to make a reservation, but I'll give you the info you need. In case you haven't ever visited the national parks, they really are spectacular. And so this might be the year, although I bet you it'll be crowded because probably everybody's going to do that. Also, um, we're going to talk about landscaping for fire prevention. Um, As you know, I'm here in California. We are now in a drought and Whereas the past year, everybody was talking about pandemic. Now everybody is talking about fires and no water and all of that. So I'm going to um, give you some information on how to best protect your property through firescaping, which is a landscape design that reduces house and property vulnerability to wildfires. So, you know, because with enough heat, everything will burn. So I want to try to, you know, get you a little bit educated on what you can do to prevent a fire from just engulfing your home. And then finally, a lot of people have decided just to have another staycation until they feel like their, you know, places have opened up or they're still saving money or whatever. So let's create an oasis of calm in our backyard. So we'll talk about some soothing decor and how to have whispering grasses and rustling bamboo and using natural materials that will offer you tranquility and just help you 
have some peace, quiet, and create a sanctuary for yourself. Because, boy, I think everybody needs it. Everybody I talk to is rather uh, stressed out. Um, a lot of people are just, you know, they're so itching to get out there. And yes, the economy is opening and schools, for the most part, you know, are back in in some way. Restaurants are opening. But again, there's um, a real problem in getting staffing for a lot of the businesses that have reopened. So it's going to be a curve before we're back to normal, but hopefully we're slowly, slowly getting there. So um, the, a proverb says, fire is never a gentle master. And I would have to agree with that. As much as I like a fire in my fireplace and I love campfires and I love roasting marshmallows and all of that, when it comes to wildfires, it, that's a pretty scary thing. And as I was saying this past year, most of the conversations have revolved around the pandemic, mask wearing, the questions about recovery and normalcy and probably vaccinations, you know, and how much social distancing do we have to do and when is the economy going to open. But here in California, at least with the impending drought, the urgent topic that's on the minds of all of us is the potential for wildfires. Evidently, we have already had almost a thousand wildfires just um, in 2021, which is something like five times the amount that we had last year at this time. And last year wasn't was a bad year, as you know. So with increasing climate changes and the trend of global warming, it's not a matter of if we're going to be faced with fires, it is when. So we can all do our part to protect our property as best as possible through something called firescaping. And it's a landscape design that reduces house and property vulnerability to wildfire. But it enhances the beauty of the property, but it creates a defensible space. So what we'll do is we're going to surround our house with plants that are less likely to ignite because fires respect absolutely no boundaries. Fires don't honor property lines. Fires don't care if you're rich, poor, Republican, Democrat, independent, libertarian, or whatever you are, they don't care. Fires just take over everything. So we really have to learn how to be prepared. And with enough heat, almost everything will burn. Now, where I live, our neck of the woods, it's very rural and it's wooded. And we have minimal escape routes, much like the town of Paradise that had that horrific, horrific, catastrophic uh, firestorm. And so people where I am, we have to be extra vigilant. And many of the plants and trees that are growing in our area and in many, many places throughout the West are highly flammable. And these include pines and cypress and cedar and fir and bamboo, acacia, juniper, pampas grass, uh, rosemary, ivy, arborvitae, macanthus, and eucalyptus. Now, coyote brush, although it's moderately fire resistant when it's young and green, it is highly combustible as it grows. And it actually depends on fires to regenerate and it grows everywhere here on our hills. 
So these plants need to be removed or carefully supervised. And since heat moves up, fire speed and severity are stronger on slopes where vegetation management is crucial. Now, um, for example, right now, today I heard weed whackers going, and usually I hate the sound of weed whackers, but it's really important right now. To, we have a deadline of June 1st to get the hillsides and the weeds all cut down because um, the fires just, you know, they just explode with all these weeds. So I'm glad to hear the sound of those going. That means that people are doing their part. Now, a defensible space is an area around a structure that has been cleared of ignitable debris and botanicals that could cause a public safety hazard. A watered green lawn can be considered a defensible space, or a large brick, stone, or gravel area could also be part of a defensible space. Just remember that, and I say this big and bold, absolutely no plant is fireproof. So no matter what somebody tells you, no plant is fireproof. Under the right conditions, every plant will burn, and especially those that are drought-stressed or those that aren't maintained. So pruning of all plants makes them less flammable. Now, a fire-safe plant, if you see fire-safe on a label when you buy a plant, what that means is that it tends not to be a significant fuel source with a chemical composition that resists heat and combustion. But it's critical to keep plants around our homes well-tended and pruned as a fire protection tool. Now, the closer that plants are to the house, the more care they need. Every homeowner, and actually, um, if you're renting as well, the owner then is responsible for managing vegetation to meet all fire district requirements. Now here in our um, fire district, combustible materials, this is, these are some of the rules we have, must be two feet away from a structure. Planter, plantings can be no taller than two feet um, high if they're near the structure and low growing ground coverings and green grass are suitable um, around a structure as well as river rock, gravel, or crushed granite. Now, trees that are within six feet of any building have to be either removed or a major cutback. And these, specifically the ones that need to be removed, are eucalyptus, pine, bamboo, and junipers. Those are incredibly like flame torches. Now, neighborhoods are encouraged to form a committee to receive advice from local fire professionals on how to be firewise. So what firewise means is dependent on the diligence of everyone in a neighborhood to keep a property fire safe. Because again, all properties become indefensible when just one neighbor has overgrown bushes, brush, or low hanging trees. So neighbors must protect neighbors by making certain that their properties are maintained. And as I said, fires do not honor property lines. So it's important to get to know your neighbors and perhaps create a plan and make sure that uh, your neighbors are taking care of their property and you're taking care of your property and maybe help each other out. 
So here are some characteristics of a highly flammable uh, plant. They'll have dry, dead leaves, twigs, or branches. They have abundant, dense foliage. They have needles. Think pine needles. They have low moisture foliage. They have peeling or loose bark. So think of eucalyptus. You know how they have that beautiful peeling bark. It's gorgeous, but very flammable. They might have gummy sap that is just like oil. They're leathery, dry, or they have these aromatic leaves. If they have a content of terpene, oils, or resin, and then dry, uncut grasses. So like if you have pampas grass, it's really a very pretty, great, big, huge, you know, dry bush. But underneath those plumes, the, the, um, the fronds are very dry. And if you ever cut them and um, like put them in your fireplace, they will just go up and smoke immediately. So if that happens outside, you, you know, your house would be on fire. Now, these are characteristics of reasonably, and I have to use the word reasonably, you know, um, in quotes, fire-resistant plants. They are hardy, they're slow-growing, and they don't produce any thatch or litter. Now, drought-tolerant native, natives with internal high water content, now generally but not always, natives are more tolerant of fire and deer. So wherever you live, the native plants are usually, now not always, but usually more tolerant of fire and deer. So other things that make a, a plant fire resistant, trees with thick bark that restrict the growth of invasive shrub species and hardwood trees like walnut, cherry, maple, poplar, these are less flammable. Deciduous trees on shrubs are more fire resistant because they have a very high moisture content when they have their leaves and they have lower fuel when they are dormant. So they usually do not contain any flammable oils. So deciduous trees are usually more fire resistant. Now, supple moist leaves with little to no sap or resin residue. And then low growing ground covers. You can think like isotoma or um, strawberry, you know, like wild alpine strawberry. Those um, are fire resistant. And then bulbs, because they live underground, they are fire resistant. However, their dried leaves, you know, once they dry, if those are still on, those become flammable. So you need to remove them. Now, what can you do right now to create a more fire-resistant landscape? You can include pavers, bricks, uh, pavement, gravel, rocks, dry creek beds, fountains, ponds, pools, and lawns into your landscape. You can select high-moisture plants that grow close to the ground that have a very low sap and resin content. You need to plant the right plant in the correct location and leave space between the plants so that, you know, there's, there is, um, there's not laddering going on for a fire. Minimize the inclusion of evergreen trees within 30 feet of structures. Now clear the understory of all the trees and keep trees 20 feet at least from any chimneys. Remove all invasive species or swaths of flammable plants. And these invasive species or very flammable plants 
include ivy. Ivy is very flammable. Rosemary. It's great to have one bush of rosemary, but you don't want a hedge of rosemary. Broom, coyote brush, chamois, and juniper. Juniper is one of the worst. Now, keep your mulch moist. Create zones of like rock, brick, or gravel. Bark and leaves are not mulches recommended near structures. Bark and leaves are good as mulches, but not near the structures because they could burn. Now, prune your trees 6 to 10 feet above the ground because that will hinder fire laddering. And keep appropriate clearance to reduce the threat of burning embers from decorative features like gazebos, fences, I mean fences, uh, sheds, porches, or any junk areas. And irrigate and maintain all of your flowers, your lawns, and your hillsides. Clover, ground covers, and grasses that are kept low and green are very good alternatives, and they're usually more fire resistant. And due to increased soil er erosion, bare ground is not recommended, although bare ground usually won't burn unless there is gas or oil on it. Now, uh, these are very are plants that are prone to ignite, and if you have these specimens in your garden, prune and maintain appropriately or eliminate them. Acacia, tuya, arborvitae, bamboo, greasewood or chamois, French, Spanish, or Scotch broom, ivy, cypress, eucalyptus, juniper, burning bush. I mean, doesn't that even tell you? It's actually called gas plant or burning bush. Doesn't that tell you that if it catches fire, it's a burning bush? Uh, pampas grass, palm, pine, rosemary, cedar, Douglas fir, coyote bush, and pride of Madeira. And then there's just a few rules of fire safety before we go to break and just heed this checklist because, and then also heed a checklist from your local fire department and that'll help you create a defensible space around your home. So prevent embers from igniting your home by clearing leaves, needles and debris from your gutters, your eaves, your porches and your decks. Mow your grasses and your weeds. Keep your garden watered. Prune your tree limbs to keep the lowest branch six to 10 feet from the ground. Reduce fire fuel laddering by not allowing bushes or trees to touch one another. Keep combustible materials 15 to 30 feet away from structures. And that's a hard one to do because like if you have wood that you're storing or something, you may not have 30 feet to keep it away. And then just maintain your property and be very alert for fire danger. And, you know, weed abatement for most areas needs to be completed by June 1st. So just get out there and get your landscape more fire resistant. We all have a responsibility to one another to help keep our community from experiencing a wildfire. And if you want to know what goes in your emergency go bag, I talked about it last week on the radio show. You can listen to last week's um, Star Style Radio or go to my website, CynthiaBryan.com, and uh, check the blog, and you'll see Emergency Go Bag, and I have all the ingredients there. So happy gardening and happy growing, and be fire safe. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. When we come back, we're going to venture into the national parks and see if we can get there for the summer. Don't go away. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas 
at Voice America Empowerment. Are you seeking a dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world, lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR, 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 and visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan, www.cynthiabryan.com. This business of show business is calling out to me. Get started acting or modeling with a consultation from media coach extraordinaire Cynthia Bryan, who has guided entertainment careers for over two decades. Call 925-377-STAR or visit www.cynthiabryan.com. Pick up a copy of her award-winning book, The Business of Show Business, and start living your dreams today. Call 925-377-STAR, 925-377-STAR. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show. Well, the power party is on, and first of all, I want to give a shout-out to my team at Voice America. I just love everybody there, and this week they sent out a blog with their staff picks of their three favorite radio shows, and they had Star Style on it. So I was really honored. I say thank you, thank you to Voice America. Um, (laughs) You empower me, and hopefully we are empowering the world. So we're going to talk about visiting national parks because it seems that we've entered the golden age of national park travel. And while national parks in the United States have always been probably among the best family vacation spots for all Americans, I know that for my family, we just loved going to, um, you know, taking the kids and camping and going to the different national parks. And as a kid, that's all we did. We know we always camped and um, we just went to parks. But with the coronavirus pandemic, there's a whole new wave of travelers that are seeking a natural social distancing in the great outdoors. And since most of the world is closed uh, down for um, for you know tourist travel, what better time than to travel around the United States? So. The rise in popularity, of course, isn't without its challenges, because in 2020, many travelers discovered firsthand just how crowded the most famous parks and the best national park uh, lodges can be. But others were faced with the reality that visiting park sides isn't as simple as just hopping in your car for a family road trip like it used to be, because because of the pandemic, some sites like Colorado's uh, Rocky Mountain National Park. Um, they had to switch to timed reservations and a lot of camp reservations for popular times can be really hard to snag unless they're done months in advance or right when they become available. So 
we have to really kind of think ahead if you're thinking about going to the national parks. Now, America's national parks are just the perfect place to experience nature's beauty with plenty of space for social distancing as long as you plan ahead. You don't. You want to make sure that the parks are going to be open. And um, if they have a reservation system because they're only allowing a certain number of people into the park, you want to be on that list. Now, national park areas are welcoming record numbers of visitors right now. And of course, that's a lot of it is due to travelers choosing domestic destinations and outdoor activities because there, there aren't international activities. And I was listening um, to NPR, again, my second favorite radio network after Voice America. And they were doing... Um, a special about tourism in China. And normally this time of year, the Chinese who, uh, who are more fluent are traveling to Paris and San Francisco and New York to buy their fashions and do all of that. But because they can't, because they're, you can't leave the country and they can't travel, um, there's all this tourism that is opened in China now. So they're doing all these different, different um you know, campaigns to get people to travel around China. So that's the same thing, I think, that what we're going to be doing here in America. So what you're going to need to do is, first of all, map out your overall plan. Are you going to drive to your destination? Or are you going to fly? I mean, more flights have been added to cities close to the most popular parks as um, leisure travel is starting to rebound. But if you're planning to fly, you have to note that rental cars are also going to be in high demand. So you're going to want to make a reservation really, really soon. Um, next, you want to choose your lodging. And again, you got to make your reservations early. Some national parks have these really gorgeous lodges, um, and they're, they're expensive, too. And other parks only offer camping accommodations. So you can go to, like, recreation.gov or under canvas.gov or autocamp.com. These are interactive sites that show what types of campsites are available. And you can also just go to the National Park Service's website. And um, they have a, a, new, uh, a, a new app for your phone that evidently is quite good. I haven't used it, but you can go to www.nps.gov. Gov, and that is for the uh, national parks. And when you go there, I'll just read you what it says. On um, it has a big sign right away that says the COVID nineteen response. With consistent CDC recommendations, people who are not fully vaccinated must continue to wear masks indoors and in crowded outdoor spaces. Masks are required for everyone on all forms of public transportation. And additional details are available at nps.gov forward slash coronavirus. And before visiting, please check the park website to determine its operating status. And um, so, so make sure you go to nps.gov and then click on the national park you want to go to and check what their status is and how their reservation scene, uh, scene is going to be. Now, if you're interested in a small group tour, instead of planning everything yourself, you know, like you can use operators um, like 
REI, which is the world's largest adventure tour operator, and they offer guided group tours at some of the most popular parks. And if the top 10 national parks are too crowded, you can consider places that aren't as heavily traveled, including um, the newest national park, which is West Virginia's New River Gorge. And um, with some good news, there's a lot of improvements and changes are underway in visiting national parks. And they're also going to be offering free or, dis or discounted entrance passes to senior citizens, current members of the military, disabled citizens, and families who have a fourth grade student. And I don't know where they came up with it had to be a fourth grade student, but maybe that's because that's the time when you're studying national parks. But if you'd like full access to the 2000 federal recreational areas, including all of the parks that usually charge an interest fee, you can um, read on how to buy an America, the beautiful national parks and federal recreational lands pass. So again, you just want to go to the website that I have told you. Now, there are um, there are going to be, as of now, I think there are five free days that you can go in, but you'd still have to book, um, get a reservation. That's going to be August 4th and August 25th, September 25th and November 11th. Now, another great way to save when you're traveling um, by camping instead of staying at a lodge uh, or a hotel, or you could drive a recreational vehicle, an RV, that's become increasingly popular. And many of the national parks uh, allow RVs and campgrounds. But again, you got to verify which types of sites are going to be available at your destination. Um, you can find at the uh, national park uh, website, and what, what did I say it was again, nps.gov. You can find out everything, what the interest costs, entrance costs are, the camping options, if there's an RV or a vehicle maximum length or height, the types of size, like if it's a back in, a pull through, if they have available hookups, their dimensions, and any animal activity alerts. So, um, you know, visiting the national parks can just be the trip of a lifetime. And by planning ahead, you'll be able to enjoy everything that America's, you know, that's America's crown jewels. I know that my um, two nieces and their husbands and their children, a couple of years ago, they took two weeks and they did a big loop of national parks. And it was just incredible. They started in California. They went south. Um, and then they, you know, ended up like in Florida. And then they came back around and and um, went up through Grand Canyon, et cetera. But they said it was just a really, really fantastic trip. Now, this year, 2021, it should get a lot easier and to get into the parks and it should be probably the best and maybe one of the easiest family vacation ideas that you'll do this year because um, of these nonstop flight routes that are serving national park gateways if you decide to fly that's a, a great thing the fact that the national parks has this new national parks app which is going to help you uh, as far as navigating and then they have improved reservation um, services. And of course, there are these small group tours. And 
every year I think they try to get some new national park. So they are, there are four new national park designations in the past three years. There was Gateway Arch, Indiana Dunes, I thought that was cute, White Sands, and then most recently the New River Gorge. And highlights of the new park in West Virginia, that, is, that sounded really great to me because I love uh, river rafting. And it's a world-class uh, rafting area. It's also great for mountain ba- uh, biking. So um, there are so many good things that you can see. And, you know, over the years, the Park Service has received criticism for not maintaining park facilities because of lack of funding and resources. But this year, with money from the Great American Outdoors Act, cap- campgrounds at parks like Yosemite and Mount Rainier and Sequoia and Kings Canyon National Parks, they're all getting major improvements. And Grand Teton National Park, that's one of my favorites. I love the Tetons. Um, Everglades National Park, that's also really fabulous in Florida. And many of Alaska's national and state parks, they have family glamping-style accommodations, which you know are either canvas tents or cabins. And it just gives you some diversification for your camping options. I've never been glamping, but it sounds, it sounds good. Now, private camp scenes and RV resorts are plentiful around national parks. Um, there's an estimated 50,000 campsites being added in 2021. And so that's a good thing if you enjoy camping. And if traditional camping isn't for you, uh, the glamping brands like Auto Camp and Under Canvas, they've announced lo- new locations for this year and next year near national parks like Joshua Tree, Yosemite, and Zion. And um, as for hotels, you can see more national park adjacent luxury pro- um, properties at like Montage Big Sky and the Cloudvale all opening this year. So it seems like everybody's getting on the bandwagon to make national parks a real great destination for both campers and people that want a little bit more luxury. Now, again, you will need a car to visit most national parks. And um, the Federal Highway Administration added 49 new designation to America's byways collection, including 15 All-American Roads, and 34 national scenic byways throughout 28 states. And this is the first year since 2009 that there are any new designations. So should be rather interesting to travel those. And some are close to national parks like Zion, the Zion Scenic Byway in Utah and the Cascades Loop in Washington. So um, final tips for the national park visit in uh, 2021, overall, Uh, Visits to the National Park Service sites were down in 2020 because of closures and travel restrictions caused by the pandemic. But it's no secret that national park travel was extremely popular last year relative to any other type of vacation during the pandemic. So um, uh, like some different websites like recreation.gov, they added 2 million user accounts in the past government physical year. That's a 45% increase compared to 2019. That was in 2020. So it's important to note that last year, 25% of total recreation visits occurred in the top six most visited parks. 
and just 1.5% of all parks in the national park system. And 15 parks set a new recreation visitation record. So that means popular parks are experiencing crowding. So it's important to consider the less visited national parks, as well as some state parks, some Bureau of Land Management sites, and other public lands. And if you're traveling in shoulder season, that's the time of the year, usually outside of busy summer season, such as spring and fall, it also helps to spread out the number of visitors. So, for example, if you take Zion National Park, the surrounding towns are part of a state-run tourism board. There's Greater Zion, which helps promote visits to other exceptional near sp nearby spots like St. George and Snow Canyon State Park. And um, that whole area, Bryce and Zion and St. George, they're really beautiful. I had the, the privilege of speaking, doing a, a lecture for uh, 10 days in St. George. So that was really great and was able to visit all those national parks. So when planning a trip to national parks, just take the time to prepare with tools like the new National Park Service app, which I've told you about. And that will feature up-to-date visitor information, all the national park lodges, accommodation listings, activity searches with, within the national park system. And then recreation.gov has a trip planner tool that allows users to search a destination for nearby attractions, for campgrounds, guided tours. And so that's a great way to learn about activities that maybe you wouldn't normally um, find. And of course, you can also look on TripAdvisor, I always have found TripAdvisor, and I write for TripAdvisor to be, um, to be very helpful. So uh, travelers who have visited America's national parks before, as well as newbies, you want to keep in mind that parks are still struggling with changes that were brought on by the pandemic, including staffing. So it kind of remains to be seen how seasonal hiring is going to go with the park system this year if they're going to hire to their pre-COVID level, or are they still limited due to housing constraints and that whole social distancing? I don't think that anybody knows now. And with that being said, the hiring levels are going to dictate the options that are available to you uh, as a traveler, which would include lodging, dining, programs, and even if the visitor centers are open. So again, to ensure you're going to enjoy a trip to national parks, make sure you do your research, check individual parks' websites, and stay up on the latest information. Because visiting the United States Majestic National Parks uh, is going to cost a lot less than you think. And some of the parks don't even charge anything. And those four days that I told you are going to be a free day if you want to go on those days, but you still should make a reservation. And those days, again, are August 4th and 25th, September 25th, and November 11th. And for more information, just visit NP, as in Paul, S.gov. So that's National Park Service, NPS.gov, and you'll get all the info you need. And I hope that you'll have a lovely summer vacation and get your camping or glamping or luxury um, accommodations and be able to experience the wonders of America. It really is something to behold. I'm Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We're coming to you live on the Voice American Network. I will be right back with a business bite. Don't go away. Be the star you are. 
star you are. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. Here are 10 tips that make for good business. In order to grow your business, experts agree that if you follow these 10 tips, it'll help this happen. Brand and create brand awareness. Partner with compatible companies. Assemble a team of the best pros. Motivate and inspire employees. Do what you are best suited for and hire someone else to do the rest. Establish uniqueness. Focus, focus, focus. Expand with a strategy. Exploit and explore needs in the marketplace to evolve new products. And finally, number 10, persevere, persevere, persevere. That's probably the most important. Remember, you are the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another business bite from Star Style. For more information, visit CynthiaBryan.com. That's Cynthia Bryan, Bryan with an I, dot com. Be the star you are. The star you are. The annual cost of illiteracy to American taxpayers is over $225 billion. Help increase literacy, reduce violence, and improve positive media messages by making a tax-deductible contribution to Be The Star You Are charity. A top-rated nonprofit, Be The Star You Are promotes positive role models, produces positive radio broadcasts, and donates positive books to empower women, families, and youth. Be a power partner and join our galaxy of stars. Visit our website at bethestarur.org to make a tax-deductible donation using PayPal or send checks to P.O. Box 376, 376, Moraga, California, 94556. Bethestarur.org. Dare to care. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. Well, we're back. I'm still Cynthia Bryan, and this is still Star Style. Be the star you are. So now we're going to do a little bit of design and decorating because some people uh, just have decided that with the pandemic going on and, you know, everybody trying to get out of town and probably going to the national parks, they would rather just have a staycation, be home, maybe have some friends, family over and create a place that is tranquil and peaceful and safe and beautiful and, you know, they can have outer calm. And whether you're planning to stay home or not, you may still just want to have this, this calm oasis that you can call a quiet garden. So if you want to achieve this kind of hush, these are some little tips, design and decorating tips that you may enjoy. Because whispering grasses, you know, if you have the splashing of a fountain, the hypnotizing crunch of gravel underfoot. Um, This is something that Japanese priests have nurtured contemplative plots for centuries. I mean, think about it. You know, you think about that. 
you think about these very quiet kind of Buddhist gardens. Well, now housebound Americans are seeking a distraction and escape and establishing home gardens that are evoking some of the Eastern horticulture wisdom. So the, some of the things that you can do is you want to seek plants that exude calm. For example, this past year, sales absolutely spiked for ornamental grasses and for flowers in historically less popular colors, like white and pale blue. Um, and that is a trend for 2021, which the trend, they're calling it the quiet garden. Now, what differentiates an oasis of calm from a typical backyard? You're probably wondering. So it's a more immersive experience. So what it means is your attention is occupied by sights, sounds, smells, textures. And the more multisensory you make something, the less likely you are to think about work. So, you know, you think about if you hear chimes. Um, or you hear the rippling of, of either a fountain or a pond. Or you can hear the birds, like the quail, you know, that are calling to each other. So here's how you could just make your garden a little more quiet. You can turn down the colors. Now, loud hues really don't cultivate serenity. Reds and oranges and yellows, they're considered hot colors. And they evoke passion. So if you are looking to have a very calm garden, just like a paint color, you would grow towards the colors of blues into greens, like kind of the color of a stream and probably some whites, browns, creams. They would represent movement. So if you think about a stream, how... It looks clear, but you can see the rocks kind of underneath it. Those would be the kind of colors you want to go for. Now, you want to avoid any wide open space. When a view is partially screened, you establish a sense of perspective and discovery. You, um, you want to have like a trail that would wind through a landscape. And even if you have a small garden, instead of having a straight line, you would make it a curved kind of path. Uh, you want to introduce some structure with plants like, um, like Mexican bush sage or soften hard edges with, you know, the hard edges would be fencing, walls, sheds, staircases and you could soften them with greenery. So that could be um, ferns or, again, grasses. It, you want to have that concept of going on a journey. You can come out of the house and be in that space, and you've gone somewhere. You might have only gone three steps, but you've actually entered a new experience, and that's, the, what, that's what you're looking for. So um, the other thing is grass. If you're sitting in a chair next to taller plants, you tend to feel protected. So grasses can guard you well, and they also dance in the wind, which is beautiful. And so I'm not talking about lawn. I'm talking about ornamental grasses. So there are all different kinds of ornamental 
grasses, and you can find these at your uh, landscape um, center or your local nursery. But they are, they're so beautiful. And they, you can get like blue grasses. You can get uh, very deep emerald green to actually chartreuse kind of grasses. And, you know, I like clumping bamboo when it's animated by a breeze. Now, do you remember that bamboo is uh, flammable <laughs> when I was talking about it? So you would want that to be away from your structure. Uh, structure. But when it's in the garden, a lot of people use it as a screen to uh, separate, you know, your yard from your neighbor's yard. And when it rustles in the wind, it is so soothing. It almost sounds like a fountain. It's just, it, uh, bamboo is just has this beautiful, beautiful, soft rustle. And then when we talk about fountains, I am a big, big uh, proponent of having the sound of water. For me, that's how I become creative, is with the sound of water. And nothing creates a greater sense of peace than the sound of water. So you should have a, you could get a high stone fountain and you could have some Spanish ceramic tiles um, on it, or you could just have the, a fountain and you could put, you know, just let the tinkling of the water. I just put stones and I also put glass balls in my fountains. And um, maybe if you have a river birch on a terrace outside, you could even have that in a container, even on a balcony. And you could pair a weathered zinc bowl fountain. They're very minimal. You know, they're minimalist enough to reflect the clean lines of a minimalist house. So there's so many things. You could just have any kind of, you want to have it uh, recirculating so that the water stays fresh. And then when it comes to furniture, if you can, reject the cold metals and the synthetic materials. Go for rattan, wood, cane. The, they let you, uh, you know, underline the earthy theme of a quiet garden. I really love open weave materials like wicker. I have a lot of wicker. And it it offers, um, it, it just offers to me kind of a, a blast from the past. Maybe I think of it as being Victorian. But you know, it offsets the rigidity of decking and too much stone. And woven furniture brings to the subconscious connection kind of to whoever made it. Um, it just seems like it's real. It has a life of its own. And I'm really into real things. I really like to have, uh, instead of, I don't like plastic and fiberglass and all that. Let's just go with the real thing. And then take art to heart. Sometimes when you have really hard lines, especially those of sculptures, they could complement the quiet, contrasting natural forms found in a garden with controlled elements of structure is actually important. So you could create a juxtap uh, juxtaposition um, with some unexpected dimensional layer, some kind of art sculpture. So for example, on one of my fountains, I have seven fountains, can you tell? I like water a lot. Um, my husband, and it was from high school, he did, he used to do um, like bronze statues. He did this work in, in bronze. And, and it's just, I don't even know what it is. It's just a modern piece. It doesn't, it doesn't have, it doesn't look like anything. But I put it on top of the fountain and it really shines there. It was like the perfect place to put this piece of art. And then um, gravel. 
The sound of gravel is just relaxing. It's a softer way to hardscape. It's also fire uh, resistant, you know, so loose organic edges let the green weave in and out. And the quiet crunch underfoot adds to the meditative effect. So if you're working with an existing deck or terrace, uh, you might even want to um, just get a loose weave carpet and just have something that will make you feel more zen. So whatever you do, you know, bring the calm outside. Well, thank you for being with me here on Star Style. This is our show for today. I appreciate you being here every Wednesday, 4 to 5 p.m. When you want to find more information about Be The Star You Are, please visit bethestarur.org. And more information about Star Style, go to CynthiaBryan.com. My aim is always to encourage, inspire, inform, amuse, and motivate. See beyond your physical being. Know you already are the star you dreamed of becoming. And I hope you'll pick up a book and check out our books at CynthiaBryan.com. Just click on books. Until we celebrate together again next Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific, Remember, love always wins, kindness always prevails, and smiles will keep us happy. I'm Cynthia Bryan for Star Style, thanking you and encouraging you. Be the star you are. Be your unapologetically authentic self. Have a safe and wonderful Memorial Day weekend. Enjoy yourself, whatever you do, and let your your troubles fall to the ground. Create that calm oasis. Thanks for joining me. Be the star you are, the star you are, be the star you are, you are the star. It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain and motivate you to be the star you were born to be for more information visit starstyleradio.com and to make a donation to the charity go to be the star you ignite the flame that burns brightly within take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic host and empowerment architect cynthia bryan every wednesday at 4 p.m pacific time 7 p.m eastern time right here on the voice america empowerment channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style until we celebrate together next week be the star you are you